episode number six, and we are dealing with the second We, If you remember last week, we talked about the uh, teen spiritual formation, and we gave five, uh, the first five initial steps to helping youth ministry uh, do spiritual formation with teenagers. And uh, this week we're doing the final five. So there's 10 total. And as, as the process uh, goes, all you have to do is go to the uh, youthology.com, to the blog, and you can catch everything right there. You, you'll follow along with last, uh, last week's first five. And then this week, I've already posted it. Uh, I put it up there. It's, I read it just a few minutes ago and uh, have it ready. So it's uh, the final five of the top 10 ways to do teen spiritual formation. Really what we're doing is we're dealing with a very important question in youth ministry. The question is simply this. Are we preparing students to lead the future of the church? Because that's where they're coming from. This, this, the, the future leaders of the church, and I know we say the church is, the teens are a part of the church now, I, I understand that, but I want you to think this, this process through. If we are preparing the future leaders of the church, what are we preparing them with? Right? So that's kind of the larger question uh, over these last week and this week. Uh, are we building youth groups or youth ministries? Right, are we building youth groups or youth ministries. I want to give you a resource. I do that um, every week. This is from Lee Rogers, and uh, get it up close there. It's called Initiate Powerful Conversations. Okay, powerful conversations that lead to Jesus. It is a great resource. I've gone through this several times, and it helps with little things like what's your story. How can I? share my faith, right? So if you're looking, one of the points today is gonna to be dealing with sharing our faith and how to teach students how to do that. Um, this is a great resource, okay? So uh, please get that. I think that's something that you're gonna to want to um, read and maybe even order uh, several of them um, for youth ministry. Uh, before we get to the five, uh, actually six through 10, teen spiritual formation principles, I wanna to read to you 1 Corinthians, and uh, it's chapter 13 um, in verse 11, okay? Set into that, into that chapter are these words. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child, okay? That was, th those were my ways. But when I put away childish things and when I became a man, right, that next level from uh, from childhood to adolescence and maybe young adult, however you see that. When I became a man, I put away the childish ways of thinking and became childlike. That's how I like to say it. Paul doesn't say that. But there's a difference between childish and childlike. Okay? So keep that in mind as we go over this because if, we're, if we are not teaching students theology, we are not preparing them to lead the church. To be honest, we're not preparing them to lead in, in the marketplace because they're not gonna know what they believe in, right? Last week, I shared the statistic that only 30% of teenagers, Christian teenagers today in America, know half of the Ten Commandments. 30% of Christian teenagers in America can name half 
of the Ten Commandments. So if we're not teaching students the Ten Commandments, if we're not teaching students the Sermon on the Mount, what I like to call the New Testament Ten Commandments, which there are many more than that, but the New Testament Commandments, um, if we're not teaching them about the Trinity, if we're not teaching students about the fruit of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit, then how are they gonna lead the church in the future? And how is the church gonna have a voice to our, to our, uh, to our culture, right? Okay, so what I wanna do is give you these uh, number six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Spiritual principles for, um, for teen formation. So number six, we have to model family, model family, in the youth setting today. I don't think I have to spend much time talking about the disintegration of the family. Uh, government, education, uh, every sector of society, Hollywood, the entertainment industry, social media, all of, all of culture has disintegrated family and the importance of family. We are, we are not only raising a fatherless generation, we are raising a fatherless, a motherless, and a siblingless generation, right? So we have to model uh, uh, family in youth ministry today. Let me give you just one simple way to do, to do that. Let me give you two. Yeah. I know I don't, I'm, I'm keeping my time. We went 15 minutes last week and I'm gonna try to keep on, so. Uh, let me just give you two practical ways to do this. Number one, make sure you have married couples in your youth leadership team. Married couples in your youth leadership team. And then number, number two, as a youth leader, bring the kids, get the kids over to your home, get them at your table so they, so they can, they know what a, how a family functions, a healthy family functions, right? Okay, number seven, um, small groups. If we really wanna teach students theology, we have to be in an atmosphere of Q&A, an, an atmosphere where students can explore. Students can say, man, I don't know, I don't know about that, I'm having a hard time with that. Um, I don't know if I really believe that, right? So we need, to, we need to use small groups more effectively. I know that sounds old to some of you because we, we started small groups 30 years ago in youth ministry, okay? 30 plus years ago. But how well they're run is the key, developing the leaders in the small group. Um, here's, here's a few practical ideas for small groups. Do them within the youth service, at the end of the message, etc. right? Do them in area or locales, geography groups. Do them in topical group, groups. Put a topic up for just uh, six weeks or four weeks and they meet and, and they, deal, they deal with that topic in that group. Do high school groups. Do age groups. Uh, here's here's uh, one, the one I, I love to do it, um, when you break up in, into groups is affinity groups, like what people would be drawn to and what people would like, right? and uh, do a pop-up. Like for one month, we're just gonna, everybody's gonna do this neutral site group and we're gonna meet at the mall or we're gonna meet at an airport and we're gonna talk about topics that would relate to that, right? So small groups, get creative with your small groups um, and get great leadership there. Number eight, probably one of my favorites to talk about is spirit-led youth services. Man, I know, I know, this is like beating a, a dead horse sometimes, man. So, there's this program people, uh, right? Wednesday night has gotta be like lit. Wednesday night has to be exciting and quick and, and back to back and we gotta catch their attention. And we gotta play a game to get that, right? 
And then we have to have a video, uh, this bumper time in there where, where there's some excitement. And then we had to get them out early and we got to get them over to the game area. And then we got to have pizza too, or drink. Listen, listen, I want you to separate games and God. I want you to separate program and presence. How much time are you spending in the youth service in prayer, in worship? And can you really do the, both of those together? Can you really do the program and presence together? It, is, can that really be done? I, listen, I, I'm, in the set, I'm in a different setting every week, and here's what I find. Groups that are trying to do both, don't do both, either one, very well. Because they get the kids all hyped, and we have these games, you know, you, you know how it goes. You know, the, you know the games you're playing. And, and we shave our head for, for missions, right? And we play Gaga Ball and Nine Square and all this, and we get them all pumped up with the music, and then we bring them in, and we tell them, okay, now settle down. It's to, how, how are they gonna settle down when we just hyped them up, right? Why can we not take the 90 minutes or the 75 minutes that you have in, in that midweek and teach them the presence of God? Then, Take the event planning. Listen, I want to have fun too. Do your event once a month outside of that setting. Okay? Do, do, do your event, instead of having to try to pull it all off in one night, do your event once a month. It, it, hear me, kids aren't too busy. I, I, I know, I know, I, I feel it already, right? I can feel it, oh yes, yeah. No, hear me, kids do what they love. They do will impact them. And if we're not putting any time into it, then I got you, no question about it. They're not gonna come. But if you put some effort and some time into an event, uh, like second Saturday, once a month, you just do this, you look at your calendar for the year, and you say, everyone bring 10 bucks at 10 a.m. and we'll be back at 10 p.m. That takes very little planning and time, right? And we don't have to have everybody there, but we're giving them an opportunity to uh, have fun and do those kind of things, right? Because we really need our, our, a, a youth service setting to be a time where the gifts are used and where students are worshiping and they're in the presence of God because they don't always get that. You know that. And many of your students, they don't even attend on a, on a weekend. So where are they getting the presence and, and seeing other kids worship God and seeing the gifts move? They, you know where they get it? They get it at camp and they get it at convention. And that's what they talk about, don't they? And they can't wait for those moments. And we even as leaders hype them for those moments. Man, just wait, it's, right? Here's, a, here's a, simple, a simple question within this youth service setting. Do you spend more time with your organization putting together, after an event, after a camp with your youth group, does your video of camp spend more time showing kids at the altar and the services, or more time with all the fun and the games that were going on those three days. I talked to a youth pastor in, uh, a year ago about that whole thing, and I, and I challenged him. I said, listen, that was a great video, man, but it was all fun. It was all fun. It, it, very little at the end was about what God did in the lives of students. And they just had another event, and I saw him, and he was like, hey, guess what? I want you to check the video out. And I did, I saw the video and I'm like, oh, they flipped it. It was like more spiritual things than more of the games and you know, in the field. Okay, uh, dude, we gotta fly, we gotta fly, we gotta fly. Okay, number nine, um, discipleship.
Okay, number nine, discipleship intensive weekends. This would be like monastic stuff. This is where you would say, okay, we're gonna have signups for 10 to 12 kids, that's all we're taking, and we're going away for a Friday night and a Saturday, and you're gonna journal, you're gonna prayer walk, you're gonna worship, you're, you're, uh, you're turning your phones in, right? We're not gonna tell you where, where you're going, and no one can get a hold of you for those, you know, 24 hours or 36 hours, however you plan it. Discipleship intensive weekends. Bring in a guest who is a uh, theologian and have them teach the students. And then do that once a quarter. Just do it once a quarter. It, it is a great way to baptize students into theology, into thinking uh, where they are set aside in a retreat setting, not to play games and not to have fun, right, or bring their unsafe friends. This is for them to go deeper in the word. Okay, all right, that was number nine. Number 10, personal spiritual leadership. Do you want to take your youth ministry to the next level? Do you want to see your students go after God like they never have before? Then you do it. Some Listen, we read books all the time on leadership development and leading the team. When's the last time you read a book on spiritual discipline? Because the hardest person to lead is yourself. But if your students and your leaders see you pursuing God, see you sharing your faith, if they see you doing, uh, doing uh, Christianity in real life in front of them, when you're out to eat with them and they see you sharing your faith with some, if they see that, that will entice them to live their faith outside of the church too. Because more miracles happened outside of the church, in the marketplace, outside of the temple in the Bible than happened inside of it. And we have to be the same way. We have to be contextual, spiritual leaders. Contextual, spiritual leaders. Because we live not just in the, uh, the, the church setting, but we live our life in front of our students in the cultural setting, in the context of their lives, right? So here's the big question. I'm gonna end with this. Here's the big question for tonight. Am I, what am I spending more time doing? Am I spending more time in programs and systems or in presence and spirit? More time in programs and systems or in presence and spirit? What am I doing in the, in the office? What am I doing in my free time? How, how am I developing my, my own spiritual life? Because hear me, here, here, here it is. We're, we're done in 30 seconds. If our responsibility is to train the leaders of the church, what are, we, what are we training them? How are we preparing them? Big question, isn't it? Hey, thanks for joining us. You can get all 10 of these at the website, youthology.com. It'll be, uh, uh, I'm gonna edit this, throw some music under it, put some graphics in there, you know, like, you know, right over here and stuff, and maybe up there. And uh, you'll be able to catch it on YouTube. Uh, please join the YouTube page. I'm just starting it. I got like 90 people, you know, and uh, it's embarrassing because I, I know a junior high kid who's got thousands. Yeah, so anyway, hey, would you have a great week? I'm going to.